Did you know BYU has its own record label? It's called Tantera Records, and it's captured some pretty fabulous contemporary music from both on and off the BYU campus. I'm Ron Simpson, your host for the Tantera Hour. Join me as we track through some of this great music. You'll meet some of the artists and the songwriters, and we'll also have exclusive interviews and behind-the-scenes anecdotes. It's all on the Tantera Hour here on BYU Radio. Hey, everybody, coming up on today's show, family traditions. Okay, so we all have the usual vacation and holiday rituals, right? But what about your family's weird traditions, like setting stuff on fire or searching for Christmas ornaments shaped like dill pickles? How do those happen, and how can they help? Talking about it next on The Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The U.S. has confirmed that a drone strike has killed al-Qaeda's second-in-command. Abu Yahya al-Libi is the latest on a list of more than a dozen senior al-Qaeda commanders killed since Osama bin Laden's death last year. The leadership uh, development program of al-Qaeda has some health risks and hazards that... We think are good. Navy Captain John Kirby saying the U.S. will continue targeting people like Al Libby, who became Al Qaeda's number two after bin Laden was killed. The American official who confirmed Al Libby's death says no one left in Al Qaeda today comes close to replacing the expertise the network just lost. Sagar Megani at the Pentagon. The G7 countries have been collaborating through a conference call to discuss the options of Europe's financial crisis. The Treasury Department here in Washington says finance ministers and central bank presidents of the G7 countries have held an emergency conference call to review the policy options that European leaders are considering to strengthen Europe's financial and fiscal union. The Treasury Department says the officials from the United States, Japan, Germany, France, Britain, Canada, and Italy have agreed to keep monitoring developments closely as leaders of the group of 20 major economies prepare to head to Mexico for a summit in a couple of weeks. The European debt crisis is expected to be the major item on the agenda for that meeting. David Melendi, Washington. Former President Bill Clinton spoke out against Mitt Romney last night at a fundraiser for President Obama. Clinton warned that a Romney presidency would be calamitous for the nation and the world. His plan is to go back to the Bush program, except on steroids. Clinton said President Obama has earned a second term for steering the economy through what he called a miserable situation. The Romney Republican plan is austerity and more unemployment now and blow the lid off later just at the time when we were worried about high interest rates. Clinton helped raise more than $3.5 million for the president at three New York fundraisers. I'm Ed Donahue. A rare opportunity to observe celestial movement comes today as Venus transits across the sun. Special telescopes are at the ready to view Venus passing in front of the sun. Very excited. Bill Buckingham at the NASA Goddard Visitor Center. Only six other transits have been observed by humankind since 1639. And won't be seen again until 2117. Venus's transit won't block the sun's light, so do not look at the sun directly. It emits a lot of blinding white light as well as ultraviolet and infrared light. Which is harmful to the human eye. I'm Sandy Kozell. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall.
Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can every single day on this show to help you and your loved ones grow healthy, happy, uh, loving relationships. And today will be no different. Um, So I want you to be thinking. A A few things I want you to be thinking about. When you think back to the dog days of summer and you think back to all of the great memories growing up as a child, uh, start letting them roll in your head. Start letting those thoughts out. Start letting those good vibrations come out of your head. What do you think of? Who do you think of as you think of the, the people you love the most, as you think about the memories? Now, uh, with summer coming up, with a bunch of the great holidays, the 4th of July and uh, all of these great holidays that you celebrate, your kids are going to be out of school. There's a huge opportunity coming up to start to make some serious memories. And uh, I just remember growing up and having some of the neatest things. For example, um, rainstorms, summer rainstorms in my town. So I grew up in Salt Lake City. And, you know, we didn't get huge storms, but every once in a while you'd get a big one. And for some odd reason, our parents would let us go out into the um, gutters of the streets. It's kind of gross, but uh, this is how much they cared about us or not. Um, And we would just ride the huge wave of water down the street in the gutter. Now, obviously, we were um, not going out into traffic and stuff like that, Uh, not highly populated areas. But you know what? We would just ride those gutters, and it was tons of fun, tons of memories. Then we'd just run right back up the street and get in it again. Uh, once the water would no longer push us, we'd just put boats in or sticks in or cans in. And I remember that to this day. I remember the power of just that one tradition that we would have. And we knew the minute it was raining hard enough, all the kids would hit the street and start riding the gutters. And uh, it sounds gross, but it's totally, totally true. What do you remember? As you're driving home today after a tough day of work, probably, what are the memories that come up with you? What are the thoughts Because it's interesting, there's some interesting research out there about these traditions and about especially the traditions when they come and they're connected to our family and the people that matter most to us. So think about it. They're hard to coordinate, but here's a little bit, here's just a little featurette, a story put together by one of our producers, Corinne Collins, who is talking about the important research that discusses the positive effects of family time. We all know how stressful family mealtimes can be. Someone doesn't like the dinner that's being prepared. There's too much homework or work to be done. No one's schedule fits together. But research indicates that family mealtime is an important way to establish family togetherness and can affect teenage health. According to Barbara Fees, a professor of human development at the University of Illinois, teens who eat at least five meals a week with their families are 35% less likely to engage in disordered eating patterns. So binging, dieting, fasting, and the like. And those who eat at least three family meals a week are also 12% less likely to be overweight, with 24% being more likely to eat healthy foods. Aside from the specific health benefits for children who eat with their families, there are also family benefits. Researchers suggest that families who share meals together are more likely to be connected and that the frequency of family mealtimes provides an environment for regular and positive interactions between children and parents. 
Family meals are also indicative of a broader package of practices, routines and rituals that had significant holistic effects on family life and can provide the needed connections between parents and children that foster healthy lifelong relationships. During this vacation season, when children are out of school and have more time to be at home with each other and their parents, and as the barbecues come out, trips to the amusement parks are made and family vacations are planned, it is important to note that all family interactions and traditions, small or large, can be significant in building positive family relationships. And something as simple as a meal or a conversation in a car on the way to school can make a huge difference in the physical health of the individuals and the general well-being of the family. Excellent. Uh, And again, the research is supporting it, right? We need to make these traditions and these rituals. And we don't do it just to obtain more control, right? More things we have to do or to overwhelm us. But again, just intentionally creating a tradition or sometimes even if it's unintentionally supporting and sustaining a tradition can have far, far reaching impacts on our lives, on our on our um, sense of well-being, our sense of health. These things make us more connected. They make us more uh, stronger. I truly believe this is one of the reasons why a lot of kids today get into gangs or get into other, um, you know, cliques or groups and are more easily, you know, pulled away from their family because they are not encultured into the traditions of the family. I can't tell you how many times I went and sat with my grandparents and sat in the circles where my grandparents would tell us the stories and hand down the traditions. Now, historically, that's how the traditions and the rituals of families used to be handed down. The elders would sit in the circle and hand them down. Now we're living in society and cultures where there really aren't there aren't methods to do this. Fathers aren't around in the homes as much in some places and in some or uh, in some areas as well as some inner cities. And we just don't have the traditions now. Traditions, though, when we get into it, they don't need to be that hard. They don't need to be that difficult. Um, an interesting, just basic, simple tradition could be something like what you do on the Fourth of July. Um, it could be going to KFC for chicken, you know, and having a picnic somewhere. It could be a drive-in movie once a year. It could be anything. So as you think about it, what are the greatest memories you have of summer? And why I want to push on this is because you're going to have more time with your kids, your grandkids, in the next little while, and I want you planning for it. I want you to get prepared to start making some memories. Just because you've had an experience with each other doesn't mean it's a positive memory, right? And so our goal is to turn these traditions uh, and and to use the show today to give you some ideas, some skills. We'll be talking to um, Kate Hofer, a, a wonderful therapist who who works with kids and and um, and people that are struggling with this and how to make a safe place. And we're going to get into the traditions and the rituals. We're also going to learn just about good traditions gone bad. And honestly, some of your best memories, some of your best traditions are those that have just blown up, flat out, didn't work. Uh, I, I think I told you on the show recently about how I went up on um, on a father-son's retreat where I, I took my boys. Actually, only three of my five boys uh, were able to go. But we went up and just basically went camping. And you got to know, hands down, I'm not a camper. Uh, I quite honestly, I'm more of a condoer, I think they call us. And I'd rather uh, hang out in a condominium with tennis courts than a campsite. But we went camping. It creates a memory. And uh, we laugh. My kids remember it. And it's going to go down just as something we do. 
eventually when we're a little older, maybe my kids will be able to take me camping and maybe show me how to make that fun. I'm just not good at it. Um, But are you? What are the memories you've got? What are the traditions you've got? Now, let me tell you why these traditions could be so, so important. I remember being a latchkey kid, so I'd come home every day after school, and my my mom and dad were divorced, so I would come home to an empty home until some of my sisters got home. And every single solitary day, every day that I would come home, my little dog, Buddy— my my cute little Maltese poodle dog would be waiting at the back door for me. Okay, I call that a ritual, traditional. He would ritualistically sit there at the back door with this funny little underbite, and I would call his name when I'm walking down the street, and I could hear him barking, yelp, 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 ready, so excited for me to get home. And the minute I opened the door, he'd just kiss on me and lick me, and he that guy was there, tradition. The tradition we had of me meeting my dog at the door every single day made me, as a kid coming home every day alone, feel safe. Then I'd go take my nasty little 6-year-old, 8-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old finger with dog saliva on it, and I'd stick it in the peanut butter jar, and I'd get some peanut butter on my finger, and I'd wipe it on the roof of my dog's mouth. That was the tradition. He met me. He loved me. He kissed on me, and then I'd feed him peanut butter. And that was our tradition we did every single day until he died of heart disease for some weird reason that we're trying to figure out. My poor dog died of heart disease. I don't know. I guess he had a really bad diet. And so um, that to me is the power of a tradition, the power of a ritual where we are going to know that, you know what, our family, we're not perfect, but we know that tonight we're going to go to bed and do this fun ritual of, you know, sing, doing the John boy. Good night, John boy. That's what my family would do. Good night, Mary Ellen. And we just say good night to each other. That was our crazy tradition. But you know what? They matter. They matter. These rituals, these traditions are the things you're going to remember most. These are the memories that you're going to share when your loved ones pass. So our goal of the show is to start helping you create more healthy, loving traditions and rituals and we're going to get in deep over the next few segments. Folks, thanks for listening. We'll be back after this break. The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. We all try to do our part to conserve water. We take shorter showers. We turn off the faucet while we're brushing our teeth. But what about when we wash our clothes? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Americans use more than 350 billion gallons of water on laundry every year. That's a lot of water. And that's one reason Zeros Limited is working on a solution. Harnessing over 30 years of research by the University of Leeds, the British-based company created a washing machine that uses special stain-absorbing nylon beads to clean clothes. Under humid conditions, nylon polymer attracts dirt and absorbs it into its center. So these special beads in the washer remove dirt from clothes by absorbing it into their molecular structure, using hardly any water. According to the company, this means about 90% less water is needed to wash clothes compared to conventional washing machines. The washers look pretty much like traditional washers, but they also use less electricity and detergent to get the job done. And those special nylon beads? They can be used over and over hundreds of times. This could translate to more than a billion tons of fresh water saved per year. About 17 million swimming pools worth. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. 
Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. It goes something like this. Uh, hey there, it's the morning show. Break a leg now. It's the morning show. Come along, everybody. It's the morning show. On your mark, get set, go. The morning show with Marcus Smith, only on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, we are talking about traditions, rituals, and how you make a memory and really make it last. The power that uh, the research is showing is that there's incredible power in um, creating and having a lot of traditions, especially around your family. And uh, a lot of the research shows how it creates healthier, stronger self-worth, self-esteem, brings people closer together. And so we are going to be getting into that. But before we do, one of the most memorable uh, family traditions, for good or bad, is the family vacation, right? Something Hollywood has been trying to imitate on the silver screen for a very long time now. You know, for a business that isn't exactly known for its family friendliness, movie producers have spent decades trying to recreate that family vacation. We're going to miss the plane! When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation... Did we miss the plane? No, you just made it. Yeah! They forgot one small thing. Home alone. As you can imagine, ruins the travel tradition a little bit. I have been awake for almost 60 hours. I'm tired and I'm dirty. I've been from Chicago to Paris to Dallas to... Scranton. I am trying to get home to my eight-year-old son. She's even willing to travel with John Candy just to be with her son. No, 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 no way. This is Christmas. Excuse me. Can you excuse us for a second? Can I see you for a second? Please? In planes, trains, and automobiles, Steve Martin will do anything to be home for Thanksgiving with his family. Some people get delirious. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. So instead of Thanksgiving with his family, he's spending three days with the turkey. Even willing to travel with John Candy. You're going the wrong way! What? But sometimes family travel traditions do finally get the entire family back together. Are you mad at me? You remember a Christmas story? No, no, I want an official red under cover and I should do an attempt with my lead rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Ho, ho, ho. Little Ralphie grows up in Gene Shepard's sequel to the movie called Ollie Hop Noodle's Haven of Bliss. Now, if you travel with a mom, a spouse, or a daughter, this has happened to you. Oh, look at that cute place over there, huh? Granny's old log cabin on what stop. Crying out loud. Every year, there must be 70 million tons of roadside junk bought by migrating Americans. That toad could become a family heirloom, passed down from one suffering generation to the next. I've always wanted one of these. $28.95. I want it, dear. The best windmill in the industry? Let's go. It's getting late. We aren't going to buy any junk today. And so, in the great tradition of the tourist, our family acquired a Dutch windmill for the lawn. The year after, we got two flamingos. And then, the year that the old man got his raise, we finally got that beautiful white plastic donkey. 
The question now is, do these films entice us to go create our own family travel traditions? Maybe, but we probably agree that these movies are just Hollywood's attempt to mirror what we have and they might not have. Crazy, fun, memorable, down-to-earth family vacations. Oh, family vacations. Aren't they great? It'll poke your eye out. Um, We're talking about traditions, rituals, and the importance they play in the lives of our family, in in how we bond with one another, how it connects us and takes us probably, I think, to a safer place. We brought Kate Hofer, um, a licensed professional counselor from here from Utah that does a lot of work with kids and youth and play a lot of play therapy, which sounds like if you're going to do therapy, I'm going to go with play therapy. It'd be the best. Uh, welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Now, what's, you've done a lot of research. You know a lot about this family tradition stuff. Why is it so powerful? Why are these traditions, these rituals so important? Mainly because children need a secure attachment with their parents. And traditions create secure attachment, especially yeah. traditions that are good traditions, that yeah. are positive, that the family can play together. Like, like not riding the gutter down the street? Is no, that actually, like... that brings back memories of my childhood, barefoot in the gutter yeah. all summer long, barefoot, climbing trees, night mm-hmm. games. I don't even know if children do that anymore. Well, isn't it interesting? Is I mean, that, when you think back, and I think everyone out there listening, they remember those days, or just... You know, being out under the sun and watching or the, the, the sky and seeing the stars, we, we may not even have those experiences anymore. So where would they derive their sense of safety? Exactly. In the family. Yeah. The family needs to pull together and be a sanctuary from the storm of the world the way yeah. it is now yeah. and create safety, emotional safety for and, the children. And don't you think mm-hmm. it doesn't just happen? I mean, it should happen naturally. And I think it does. It just... There has to be something intentional about this, right? It's not just – you can't just hope your family has memories and and traditions. Oh, yeah. And if there are no traditions, they need to create them. Yeah. And they don't need to take a lot of money. They don't need to be super creative parents. They just need to create something that they can consistently do on a regular basis that – brings the family together. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. And uh, cuz it really isn't and, and the best traditions aren't always really well planned. In fact, <laughs> the funniest traditions are the ones where it just implodes and it's like not spontaneous. Uh-huh. Yes. Now tell me like where have you seen with your own clients? Where do you see that the rituals have made a difference? I we call them they're interchangeable words, traditions or rituals. <laughs> where where do you see that makes a difference? One thing I will tell the parents is this child needs one-on-one time with you at least one hour a week with no distractions, no TV, no phone, no computer, where they get to choose what you play, and then you are completely and totally focused on that child. Are these young children or is this any child? I mean, really, think of that, that you're going to take your college kid and give him one hour. I mean, when you think about it, that's nothing. Yeah, one hour a week. I mean, really, if you actually thought it through, I'd probably ought to do five. <laughs> but let's start with one, you're saying, yeah. and get one hour uninterrupted. They kind of choose what we do. And what do we do? Just We're just present, I guess. Yeah, and you can go out or you can just be in the backyard or in the house, in their room. But they get to choose what you play, what you do, if you read a book, if you, you know, yeah. um, cr- 
make crafts, do art. I guess you could just whatever. text each other. Yeah, no. Okay, so maybe not. So, we'll, so <laughs> not. I guess we're turning our phones off. Yes. We're getting we're getting rid of this yes. stuff, and yes. we're going to focus. on And children today are nature starved. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, we, yeah, they need to get out, get out up in the mountains. Yeah. Go play. Go. Um. Just take a walk. Yeah, just get you know? out where there's air. I mean, and there's a lot of inner city. There's a lot of big, big metropolitan areas that don't have that, but they have parks. Oh, yeah. They, people just need to be out, I guess, with nature where nature can touch them, right? Yes. Where they feel that. Yes. And um, I often will assign a family to have a week uh, with no TV or a week with no computer. Are you really? What does <laughs> and no that video do? games. Yeah. Yeah. Just to practice actually being together uh-huh. in a without technology. It's yeah, we've done a lot of shows on just the impact of technology. So you so one maybe tradition could be having a little data diet I call it where you take everyone off the data lines and we just we're on a little bit of a fast. We're going to just spend some time together. Yeah, and the kids will think, boring. Yeah, it's horrible. But then the attention ends up paying off, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Now, that could be a tradition. That could be just something you say, Sundays, we are data-free. No yep. TV, no radio, uh, none of that stuff. Interesting. And we play games together. Mm-hmm. Board games, card games, you know, group games, party yeah. games. Well, it's interesting yeah. to me, in your profession, that's actually how you do therapy. Mm-hmm. You play with these kids and... What are you noticing? What are you looking for? What is the therapeutic side of the play? How does that how does that help people heal? So children naturally uh, use play yeah. as their language, and it's their work. And they're imitating adults, and they're trying to make sense of their world. Okay. And so when they're in the playroom, they they are actually showing me like a, their language and their world. So you get you can actually derive a lot of information about how they see the world, the world they're living in yes. by how they play. And I it's like I've learned how to interpret their play language, their themes. That's interesting. And like I'll give you an example. Yeah. And I also am an art therapist. Yeah. So I have a 12-year-old boy who has severe phobias, terrified of shots and wasps. And lots and lots of things. And so he created, I had him create out of clay what he would be if he were an animal. And it was this giant dragon with fire-breathing dragon. Interesting. And he named it Blaze. And he said, he's strong and powerful. He's red. You know, because he feels powerless. Yeah, he feels weak. And the world feels too big and frightening. He's scared of natural disasters. He's scared of lots of things. Mm -hmm. And then he said, I said, what's your number one fear? And he said, getting a shot for junior high. And so he created out of clay, like clay shots with using toothpicks as the Uh needle. Yeah. And then yesterday I brought in a real hypodermic needle and he got to give shots to all the teddy bears, all the stuffed animals, all the dolls. And he's had power over it. And he was a very, very powerful experience for him. See, to me, and and so this can be applied to our creating of traditions because it, I mean, it really is something 
we can be in charge of. It's something we can anticipate. We know we need them. You're already doing a bunch of things. Maybe you just haven't formalized that as a tradition. And just done it on a regular basis. Like consistency is very important. And the consistency, Mm -hmm. when we come back, we're going to talk about that. But I guess the consistency is what creates some of the security, some of the safety. Because it's predictable. Right. And the children um, in research shown that they they don't uh, experiment with drugs or alcohol if they eat together on a regular basis and have family fun times on a regular basis. See, that's yeah. huge. We're going to, um, when we come back, here's what we're thinking, Kate. I want you to be thinking of how do we, what are the rules as we kind of set them out as to how we go about creating some traditions? What are some things to watch out for? How do we formalize them so they're they're predictable enough, they're safe? Because really, uh, there is a lot of therapy that we probably wouldn't have to pay for if we would just plan some rituals, some traditions, <laughs> positive ones. some positive, yeah. healthy ones, because Health. we automatically default to the less healthy, don't we? Yes. That's tough stuff. We are talking to Kate Hofer, uh, licensed professional counselor and um, works with Wasatch Family Therapy here in uh, Utah. Wonderful expert in how to basically create traditions and understanding our children. Um, we'll be coming back with her right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Hey, Billy, want to go to the state fair? Yeah! Well, you can't. Well, you see, Billy, when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have done with it. But now your parents are becoming energy efficient. They could save hundreds of dollars a year and take you to the fair next year. I want to go now. I know you do. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. As to answer your question, we actually have an architect, a native in Madagascar with 20 years of experience, who has worked in affordable housing for the government. How do you run across someone like that? Uh, you know, I, I would say lots of divine help. Um, divine help, that's a nice cop-out. <laughs> I, I want you to answer my question. <laughs> the Morning Show with Marcus Smith, only on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Wisconsin voters are casting their ballot ballots for governor today in a recall election that has gained national attention. Voter turnout is heavy in some places, not surprising, given how emotional the recall race has been and how polarizing a figure Governor Scott Walker is. This woman, who voted for Tom Barrett, strongly dislikes the governor. My main reason is because I feel Walker is trying to take away our voice and our democracy. But this voter says that Walker deserves to stay in office. When Scott Walker said he was going to do certain things, he was a man of his word. Polls show a close race, but most have Walker ahead of Barrett. Bruce Marcus, Eagle River, Wisconsin. Syria's government is ousting Western representatives who are seen as unsupportive to the regime. Syria is kicking out Western diplomats, another sign of the deepening crisis there. It's retaliation for the West's expelling Syrian ambassadors. It comes as the West looks for ways to weaken the regime of President Bashar Assad without military action. That's coming more and more from the rebels. Over the past few days, they've killed about 80 Syrian soldiers. Some put the figure over 100, showing how the conflict has transformed from a popular uprising into an armed rebellion, maybe heading towards civil war. Mark Levy, Cairo. 
The jury is being selected for Jerry Sandusky's child sex abuse trial. Jerry Sandusky is in court as the jury is being chosen. And although he laughed at Judge John Cleland's jokes, he put his head down when the judge described the nature of the charges against him. The jurors chosen to hear this case will not be sequestered, meaning they will be able to go home every night. However, the judge is warning them that they're going to have to avoid news accounts or social media postings about the trial. And in a victory for Sandusky, the jurors are being chosen from among residents of the state college area, the site of Penn State's main campus. I'm Rita Foley. First Lady Michelle Obama is praising Disney on a new policy that she says will help fight childhood obesity. Fast food and cereals loaded with sugar won't meet the company's new guidelines. Disney says the goal is to have kids eat more fruits and vegetables and less sodium, sugar, and saturated fat. First Lady Michelle Obama is thrilled. This is a a major American company, a global brand that is literally changing the way it does business so that our kids can lead healthier lives. Some companies may have to change their product line to meet the standards and continue to sponsor children's programs. Jerry Bodlander, Washington. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Cars, shake it up. Holy cow, this brings back so many memories. I'm telling you, of my high school. Oh, my sister had a scooter that my dad bought her. And uh, we would drive this little moped scooter around all over. Oh, listening to cars. Oh, those were the days. See the memories. They're there. And... um I think we all have them, these traditions. They're important. The research shows we need strong traditions in our families. Uh, there's a lot of things you've done, I'm sure, uh, that, that kind of makes a memory. We went through some family traditions. Here's a couple. See if you had any of these. How about the cool treats for the hot day where you just automatically you got to take your kids out to get Slurpees on a hot day, playing backyard sports. Some families choose a day. Every whatever night, we're going to play backyard sports. Um, a lot of times around Father's Day, Mother's Day, we'll do something, a tradition there. You might have a movie night you do. Uh, one family has chocolate chip Fridays where they make chocolate chip cookies and cold milk every Friday night. Um, anyway, tons of ideas, tons of opportunities. We sent uh, one of our uh, producers, Thomas Brinton, out on the street to ask our friends out there what traditions uh, do for them and for their families, and this is what he found out. Having a happy family is all about finding balance. And how do we keep our balance? That I can tell you in one word. Tradition! Today I was curious about traditions. So I hit the street and asked some people what kind of traditions they have in their families. I think you'll enjoy the responses, and maybe you'll get a few ideas of your own. So I come from a really big family, and every night we have a family prayer, and um, we all kneel in a circle, and every night it's somebody's turn to be told something that we like about them. So we all go around the circle and say, I like this person because, and then give a valid reason. So just kind of fun, makes us all feel like we're loved and involved in the family. 
Do you have any family traditions in your family? Yeah. What kind of family traditions do you have in your family? We have a lot of, like, holiday traditions, like around Christmas time. We have this one. My mom grew up hiding, like, a glass pickle ornament in the Christmas tree. And so now we do it, too. Every Christmas morning, we search for this pickle in the Christmas tree. Whoever finds it first gets, like, a candy bar or something. You know, there's there's times when the tree has been pretty shaken up. Yeah. So do you have any family traditions in your family? We don't actually really have any. Nothing. Sweet. <laughs> for Thanksgiving, we always have corn pops for breakfast. Corn pops for yes. breakfast on Thanksgiving? How'd that get started? Um, we do. We Everybody gets three kernels of corn in their cereal bowl before we start, and everybody has to go around and say three things that they're thankful for. Okay. So, And then we have corn pops. So. Do you know where that started? No idea. It's just, <laughs> it's just something always... we've always done. How did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Christmas we have a Christmas revels and what that means is we all dress up in your Renaissance costume or whatever in our family. We're family musicians and so we have musical numbers and we have to have to do with Christ and Christmas. A powerful force for good in our lives and the lives of our families. It's simply tradition. Tradition. Love it. Did you love that quote? Uh, Traditions lets us all know who he is, was the quote, and what God expects us to do. That's a huge statement. Uh, Our traditions and our families make sure we know who we are and, you know, kind of the expectations from God, if you're spiritual like that, if or just what nature expects you to do. And we're not we're not into enough nature as our expert Kate Hofer, um, licensed professional counselor who's joining us. Kate, the neat thing about that segment is it doesn't matter what they are or how they started, does it? No. What's the key? I mean, what is it? What matters then? Just that it, everyone feels good when they're doing it and they keep it as consistent, regular, something to look forward to that they can pass on, like snuggling in bed on Saturday morning and having a big Saturday breakfast. Yeah. That my brother remembered that at my father's funeral. That mm-hmm. was one of his fondest memories of family, and that carries on. And just like um, birthdays, how you celebrate birthdays—that that, that individual is important, yeah. and that you're glad they were born. And that uh, I have a daughter-in-law whose father took a picture of her every year on her birthday in the same chair every year until she was 18, <laughs> and she's got all those pictures and. And they have a funny birthday hat and a birthday plate, and right. they decorate the house. And we even have dog birthday party in November in our <laughs> family. So um, we also sometimes celebrate half birthdays and sing the half a happy birthday song. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Oh, you don't finish it? That's yeah. great. And, um, you know, sometimes I like to go to restaurants where they sing to you and, like, 
Joe's Crab Shack where you really get on the sombrero yeah. and the hula hoop and everybody sings and you get like, so See, that just, sounds yeah. like torture for my family. <laughs> I know. They would rather for most die. people. I know. Yeah, but I guess what you're saying is, and, and I love this idea that um, the the tradition was brought up at the funeral. So to yes. me, the tradition should be the things that we really miss because they're the things to me that really tied us together. Yes. Yeah, and and again, it doesn't matter, and it can be as sim- as simple or as complex, but what I guess matters is the consistency, yes. and that we're all connected. We feel the connection. Yes, and um. Every holiday, every day, there's rituals every weekend, every holiday. And um, like one of our family traditions that we love is primitive outdoor camping. And I noticed that you said you're you're not into that. Yeah, that sounds horrible. (laughs) Like we go where there's no camp fee and there's no restrooms. Why would you do this? And the dogs can run free and we can get down and dirty. You like this. I love it. And I, and my daughter's really good at building an outdoor latrine with a view. Wow. And we <laughs> open range. Yeah, That's we great. just um, the kid. You know, making a mess with your kids, they just love it. And you can do it in your backyard. Well, see, that wouldn't be very primitive. Then, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you can you can do these simple or complex and. In, in the end, I guess you're doing what your family likes anyway. You know yeah. your family. Oh yeah, it has I mean, to you fit would like your camping. family. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather die. <laughs> that actually sounds like death to me, but it would be so good for you. But like, I literally love just going. We have a place, a condo, where we just go hang out for like a week at a time, and there's nothing to do but watch movies, go to movies, play tennis, chill, hang out, chill, walk, yeah. bike riding, everything. I have teenage clients who are always telling me. They wish their family vacations they could just chill with their family and not have, be go, go, go yeah. sightseeing. And I they know. could just hang just out. Relax. Yeah. See, I, that's how I am. My wife's like, shouldn't we? Let's go for a hike. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, we, we've been hiking our whole year. Let's not hike anymore. But it is, it's, um, this is, this is really, I guess, where you're meeting together. So it kind of, the ritual, if you think about it, Religions have rituals. Our yes. community has rituals. We stand up and celebrate the flag. We put our hand over our heart. We'll be doing it all summer at all these parades. We do that, and we're trying to pay homage and respect to something bigger than us. And so these family rituals are the same, aren't we? Yes. Aren't they? We're, paying some, we're paying respect to this family that is bigger than us. So I, even if you're not in the mood to go to have people sing at your birthday, we're going. Because <laughs> we do that. That's just what we do. And not to humiliate, because I no, seek yeah. families that are critical and judgmental and controlling. Yeah, that doesn't work. That. No. Th- no. That's, I guess, important. Is yeah. You don't want to build a tradition around something that is negative. No. Or you're going to just it doesn't ritualize work. the you negative. de-unify, de- you know, yeah, and they yeah. disconnect. Disconnect. Yeah. And so... Uh, I sent out a global email to my family and friends saying, what are your favorite unusual, unique yeah, traditions? Yeah, let's hear these. What did, they, what did they tell you? And there's some fun ones that came in this morning. Well, my favorite is my, sis, uh, my daughter-in-law who married my son. She has one sister. That's her only sibling. They go on a sister vacation every year. 
and they go to some place where the family would not be jealous. Oh, you know, that's good. And they could go to somewhere nice. Yeah. Let's go to New York. Oh, yeah. But where do they go? They like... go to the funniest, silliest place they can find, <laughs> and they research it. They read books about it. They watch movies about it. Documentaries. The, yeah. Roswell, New Mexico. Yes. For the alien abduction. That's right. Yeah. And ghost hunting in Tombstone, Arizona. How they go neat. on a ghost tour. And uh, they've got plans to go to the Mike the Headless Chicken Festival in Fruta, Colorado. See. And Frozen Dead Guy Days in Net- Netherlands, Colorado. What's with Colorado? I know. But, There's a lot of weird things going on in there. But they go down and they um, to the Best Friends Animal Sanctuary and volunteer with the animals. They want to go to Boring, Oregon, be- just because of the name. There's a place called Boring, <laughs> boring Oregon. Oregon. And just show that it can be, that it doesn't have to be boring. But isn't that – did you hear about the guy, the dad that would wave goodbye to his son every morning on the bus? Yes. And he would just – he just started dressing up in costume because his son, nobody paid attention to him waving goodbye. And so he just started dressing up. And every day he dressed up as something different and it became a tradition. And then it became the entire valley, the entire neighborhood. Everyone knew about him and – it, that that will never be forgotten. That's so embarrassing for statement. the child, yeah. but yeah. he secretly and then loves the kid that. Loved it. Yeah, that attention. And you know, um, it takes a sense of humor, yeah, to make f- traditions fun and not so serious. No, right. And a sense of humor is the first thing to go with depression and anxiety, and and we live in an age of anxiety, and so people just need to lighten up, yeah, and just learn how to have fun in simple f- ways, you know, like. Um, Having like we like to have a Middle Eastern meal on a blanket in the backyard and just eat with our fingers. Yeah. Oh, great. And uh, we like to do a Chinese New Year celebration with Chinese food and eat with chopsticks. And you have to use the chopsticks. You have to do it. And then we restart our solution, our resolutions from the New Year that we've already blown. Do over. That's a great idea. Yeah. Have a do over meeting where you're like, okay, we're in the middle of the year. What's yeah. not working? Actually, it's more like two months in. Is it? I want to adjust but, my New Year's resolution. You know. <laughs> and then we have a kickoff summer barbecue that we just had Sunday Neat. where we plan the whole summer. Like, uh, what are all the festivals we're going to? What are all the... F- we're going to sleep overnight on the trampoline. That is so you know? great. Yeah. Well, I bet your kids are just... You're involving them. You're enrolling them the whole time. They're bought in. So it's not like pulling teeth anymore. Oh, no. In fact, we keep creating new traditions like... Nana, yeah, you know, is me. I have eight grandchildren. We they really are excited about me sleeping on the trampoline with them overnight. And oh my heavens! We got that in the process of being planned. See, and that's you're so start. young and spry. Wait till Nana can't even get up on the trampoline. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That'll be great. Yeah, and uh, we, you know, I want to tell you that my daughter-in-law that goes on these sister vacations, yeah. her and her husband. The two little boys like to wrestle at bedtime, Uh so they have this tradition every night where they wrestle, and mom and dad place bets on who's going to be the first one to cry and who's going to be. Yeah, I mean, let's yeah, let's be real. We know this is not going to go well. But the the boys love it and they do it every night, even though dad gets carried away. Of course. And um, after family prayer, my best friend from childhood, they touch fingers in the middle of the circle and have a family cheer. Yeah. And I'll often have families create a family cheer just yeah. to unify them. They're on the same team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, see, now that, I mean, look at that. And I guess that is the spirit of the whole thing. The spirit is we are a gang. We are this united family. We have our own traditions. We have our own ways. And the world's not going to get us. We're not yeah. going to be brought down by all this Because we've got stuff. each other's back. Isn't that great? Yeah. And we're a sanctuary, a safe haven. 
Yes. What more could a kid know than that? What else do you need mm-hmm. to know than you're safe at home and no matter what, we got each other's back? Yeah. That's powerful. That's so powerful. That really is the spirit of these rituals, these traditions. Um, Kate, where can they get a hold of you if they have questions about just their own children and, you know, and even some more of your stuff about um, using art in therapy and the art therapy approach? And where can they reach you? You mean a phone number? Yeah, or an email, either way. You, they can go to uh, the website. It's a great resource. Yeah, Wasatch, Wasatch Family, Family Therapy. Therapy. Website has all the information. And just look up Kate Hofer. And I'm actually at the Provo office yeah. that they just opened yeah. last October. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, I love working with the BYU students. I love working with the young families here. I love working with the families that are searching on how can they pull together and how can usually the children are brought in. And then I say the best way to help your child is help yourself. And I work with the parents and then the family and just create cohesion. And we do it through fun ways. I'm also a recreation therapist. See, you just, no wonder you like to go out in the desert. That's so great. Kate Hofer, licensed professional counselor. So thanks so much for joining us. I really think um, there's an interesting, there's a special spirit that uh, you're bringing to your work with families. Also be thinking out there. Do your families feel that safety? Do they feel that peace? Because when we come back from the break, we're going to give you more tools, more ideas, more insights in creating healthy family traditions. Thanks for listening, folks. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Everyone knows floods are dangerous, but even a little water on the highway can be a big problem for drivers. Thankfully, NASA came up with a solution that's pretty groovy. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. If you've ever hydroplaned, you know a little bit of water on the road can lead to serious accidents. When there's enough water on the pavement, the tires of a fast-traveling vehicle can lift up off the roadway, losing traction and control. That goes for aircraft landing on a runway, as well as cars on the highway. That's why NASA began researching ways to reduce hydroplaning in the 1960s. NASA's research intensified with the unique landing requirements of the space shuttle. Researchers proved that cutting thin grooves across concrete runways allowed water to drain better and reduced hydroplaning. Testing was conducted to figure out which groove patterns work best. Safety grooving has since been applied to hundreds of runways and highways around the world. The NASA safety grooving technology was even inducted into the U.S. Space Foundation's Hall of Fame for the practical application of aerospace research. Turns out, the groovy pavement even improves safety of pedestrian walkways on a wet day. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. What song changed my life? There are a lot of songs that have changed my life. It's a totally brutal question to try and answer. Every musician has that one song that changed their life. Join Tony Award winner Lea Salonga, American Idol finalist Brooke White, and more of your favorite artists as they explore their lives before and after they heard that one song that changed everything. Watch The Song That Changed My Life, Monday nights at 7.30 on BYU-TV. You want to make a memory 
Dig up this old photograph Look at all that hair we had It's bittersweet to hear you laugh Your phone was ringing, I don't want to ask If you go Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Bon Jovi, man, love this song. Do you want to make a memory? That's what we're talking about. Do you want to make a memory? That's the key to these uh, this idea of family traditions, family rituals. We just have got to get our hands around our families. We've got to figure out how to... Put them back into our lives, these traditions, the rituals. Think of you when you were growing up, the experiences you were having that your kids just aren't having. Riding the waves down the gutter, playing stickball with an actual stick or just an actual broom handle. I mean, I was trying to teach my kids. We are literally, we're going up on a trip up into Idaho, and um, I am going to go buy a broom handle and tennis balls because I played stickball with a broom handle and tennis balls and it was the greatest memory of my life as a young man um, just playing in the streets. My kids couldn't even fathom the idea. They all play sports, but, you know, we've got to drive them. They've got to have their uniforms. They have to have a field, all of these things. Folks, we need some traditions. We need some memories, and uh, that's what we're working on. Now, one thing about it is I think we get a little psyched out about how big the traditions have to be and everything's got to be perfect. Folks, this ain't Martha Stewart. You don't have to have a perfect tradition. In fact, sometimes the worst traditions become the best traditions. We all have them. Some of them go bad. Sometimes a tradition has gone wrong. And that very mistake of the bad tradition going wrong becomes a tradition unto itself. Here's a story about that. For many Americans, the 4th of July is like Christmas in the summer. Well, if Christmas had fewer ugly sweaters and more bad jean shorts. For many families, America's Independence Day carries with it a host of family traditions. Cookouts, fireworks, apple pie, the Mets being in last place. These traditions are all part of the familial spirit of Independence Day. Traditions that create what we would call Kodak moments, if Kodak still existed. In my family, our 4th of July celebration normally involves some sort of barbecue, a dip in the pool, and semi-good company. But of course, no Independence Day celebration would be complete without exercising that most basic of all human rights guaranteed to us by our founding fathers. The right to shoot large gunpowder filled with colorfully exploding projectiles into the night sky. However, in my family, it's this last practice that has led to another equally important family tradition, us accidentally catching something on fire. To call my dad a pyromaniac would be a a bit of a stretch, but he's always had a knack for blowing things up. For example, for my middle school science project, we opted to run tests on how various fabrics performed as parachutes, utilizing homemade model rockets. Now, we eventually did get it right, but not before we lost a rocket or two to various forms of combustion. There was also the time my dad, as the Boy Scout leader, thought it'd be fun to have a bottle rocket war as a troop activity. And it was fun up until the point where a bottle rocket exploded in my face. And then there's the countless old dishwashers, refrigerators, and 1963 Volkswagen Beetles we found abandoned at the trash dump by our house. They all met fiery fates. So as you can imagine, he tends to go a bit overboard with the fireworks on 4th of July. It's just like a free pass to blow stuff up. Celebrate the independence of your nation by blowing up a small part of it. All right. It starts with the annual trip to the fireworks superstore just a few days before the 4th. Now, that normally results in way too much credit card debt. That's followed up by a carefully choreographed celebration the night of the 4th. 
preluded, of course, by a frantic search through the house for any half-used lighters. This cacophony of explosions that briefly brighten the July sky is then followed up by something catching on fire. Whether that's a piece of cardboard, a patch of grass, my brother's t-shirt, it never fails that something goes up. In fact, it's actually become a favorite mental game of mine to try and predict every year what's going to catch on fire. Three years back was probably the worst of them all. We were visiting some friends back in the Carolina Low Country for the 4th. During the triumphant fireworks celebration, of course, organized by my father, a small rocket was incorrectly placed into the ground, causing it to launch horizontally straight at the crowd of spectators. Now, luckily it didn't hit anyone, but it did go right into the neighboring cornfield, causing us to run over and put out a small brush fire before it devastated some poor guy's crop for the year. For us, the great family tradition of fireworks going wrong has become a tradition of its own. At the time, it might have been a bit scary trying to dodge that bottle rocket, but now it's a story to smile at during family gatherings. Sometimes, the tradition gone wrong becomes a tradition unto its own. This 4th of July, as is tradition, something, or someone, will catch on fire during our annual firework extravaganza. But you know, I wouldn't want it any other way. Oh, memories. That smell of burnt hair and flesh from the fireworks show. Um, Isn't that interesting? So the traditions don't have to be perfect. This isn't about perfection. We've already tried to blow up that myth on the show. It's not about creating perfection in your families. It's just about creating connection. Connections over perfection. Let's try that for a while. It's not about having a neat table setting. It's not about having everybody dressed appropriately in the right clothes. What it's about is all of us just in love with being together for a moment. Now, again, the crying child will probably ruin it. The the, uh, the fireworks going off and the fire department showing up, that might create some issues. But you know what? I think the bigger point of this is we're together. We're unified. What if we could create moments in our family that we hold sacred? Those are the ones that we're going to do no matter what. I remember my father-in-law was um, eulogizing one of his cousins that had passed away, and he asked this question. It was an interesting question to think about. He just basically suggested—it wasn't even a question. It was a, a suggestion. Treat everyone at the family reunion that we were at as if it was the last time you were going to be seeing them. Respect the opportunity that to be together as a family because it is so rare. We want to set these traditions, these rituals, to be something that is so sacred. They're so sacred to us that we treat it as if it were the last time. I honestly believe in the end, the things you're going to matter that will matter most to you, the things that you'll remember most in your family, in your life, the things you'll want set at the at the funeral, the things you're going to care most about are the times together, the times kneeling with your family in a prayer, the times that um, you made it through the difficult uh, moments together. So if you're out there in listener land and you're thinking, you know what, I need to pick up my game and make some traditions, I challenge you to go home, start talking to your family, what are the traditions that matter most, and start formalizing them. Start making it a big deal and get out the fun. It's time to start seriously taking your families back by creating healthier traditions, healthier memories. Again, that is the goal. And we're going to give you more information, more tools to take your families to the next level every Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern time, right here on the Matt Townsend Show. It's Sirius XM 143, 
BYU Radio. Talk to you tomorrow. KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation with the Brigham Young University Division of Continuing Education. How deftly Disney was able to expurgate the true record of a Little Mermaid's deep suffering. Yes, I mean the Walt Thomas Bodler Disney Corporation.